This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is the Joe and Amber podcast. You can find him on social media at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. You can also always tell your smart speakers to play ESPN radio. It is that simple. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive. Progressive Commercial Insurance flexes to fit your business's needs. From quick repairs to adjustable coverages and even payment options, Progressive Commercial makes it easy to get what you need. Quote today in as little as six minutes at ProgressiveCommercial.com. We learned yesterday... During our show, the news broke that LeBron James is feared to be out several weeks with a right foot injury. That is sources informing Adrian Wojnarowski. And much has been made, of course, since that news broke over what this means for the Los Angeles Lakers, Joe. You and I both felt like this ain't good news for the Los Angeles Lakers. And they were already hanging on by a thread before the news of LeBron's injury. Now, without LeBron available down the stretch, it seems very unlikely they're going to make a postseason. Tough spot. Tough spot because I think what the official diagnosis or report was is we're going to reevaluate this in two weeks. Yep. That doesn't mean he's back in two weeks. That means they're reevaluating in two weeks. And with 21 games to go – it's reasonable that reevaluating in two weeks is about eight games. He's probably not coming back right away. He could miss half of those remaining games, if not more. So it's going to be a tall task for the Lakers. Here's the good news if you're a Lakers fan. Number one, you're just half a game out of a spot in the play-in. And if James is back healthy, that changes everything for the postseason. You're not worried about seeding now. You're just worried about getting in. So number one, you're a half game out. Number two, you have the fourth easiest schedule the rest of the way. So it is set up that you could keep the train on the tracks until he returns. And then look at who you're dealing with. Portland, they've got the 10th hardest schedule the rest of the way. Minnesota, third hardest schedule the rest of the way. Utah, 11th hardest schedule the rest of the way. Golden State, seventh hardest schedule the rest of the way. And then New Orleans, third easiest. Those are all the teams that go all the way up to the seventh seed. And you're only separated by two total games. So you need to get by just two of those. So I, the odds have all been taken down in Vegas as they try to reassess how they want to price the Lakers. I would not give up on them just yet. I would not be the least bit surprised if they find their way in the play-in, given A, the schedule, B, James coming back, and C, the teams they're competing with for those spots. Uh, I don't believe that they were going to be a postseason contender anyways. And I don't mean that it wasn't going to be possible for them to make a play-in, but I just didn't think the Lakers were a very real threat anyways in the West. Now this makes me really feel like, forget about it, this ain't going to be the year for LeBron. Jay Williams, he hosts a show called Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max. He was on KJM this morning, and he also agrees with me, thinking the Lakers is not so much of a threat. I didn't see the Lakers really contending anyway with a healthy LeBron James. I saw them making a push realistically for the sixth seed. So now you're telling me LeBron James is going to miss several weeks. That takes you all the way into almost the end of March before he's coming back. It leaves you about a week and a half of the regular season. Mm -hmm. So for me, I, I just I see this being the Lakers season. And, and, and everybody's going to shift the focus yeah. to AD, which I get. But are we, are we realistically, Harry, going to think? 
that we're going to expect AD, Anthony Davis, and I love him as a talent, to all of a sudden get the Lakers to a seventh or eighth seed? I don't believe in Anthony Davis. I, I haven't believed in Anthony Davis for quite some time. I've always honestly felt like AD was overrated. Don't at me. It's just how I've always I've, I felt that way about him back in the New Orleans days, Joe. I, I've always felt like Anthony Davis has skated a little bit. Yes, he's got the championship. Yes, he has played some phenomenal basketball alongside James at times. But I've never seen Anthony Davis as the guy that's going to be the number one and put an entire team on his back and will them through a postseason to a championship. I don't think he's that dude. He would have to be that dude in this scenario for the Lakers to be a ch- have a chance. Well, he only needs to be that dude for a few weeks. He doesn't need to be that Maybe. dude to take him all the way. He just I needs mean, we to don't be that know. dude for a few weeks. What does this mean for James? Like, is he going to come back at 38 years old when you don't necessarily heal the same way in your late 30s? You and I know about how that is. Like, is he going to come back and be the same player right off the bat, even if he's available to play? Who knows? Uh, speak for yourself. I'm in my prime, okay? You might be aging. <laughs> I'm in my prime. Um, I look, you you have to take that into account, but again, look at who they're playing the rest of the way. They're trailing the Grizzlies right now. Then they have the thunder and then they come home to play the Timberwolves, the Warriors who are God awful on the road, Memphis again, Toronto, the Knicks, the Pelicans, the Rockets. That's a layup. The Mavericks who stink defensively, Orlando, Phoenix, Oak city, Two against Chicago, Houston again. Like, the schedule is set up that they can do it. And again, we're sitting here trying to evaluate how good they are. They don't need to be that good. They just need to get past Portland and maybe Utah or Portland and New Orleans. It's not like Zion's coming back anytime soon. So we're not really asking him to do all that much to get to the playoffs. Zion's story is not so different from the Anthony Davis story. That was the voice that you heard break in there for a moment of Monica McNutt. She is ESPN's NBA analyst. She was on Get Up. She does not feel exactly like Joe does about this scenario for the Lakers. This is the nightmare when it comes to the Lakers. As much as we marvel at what LeBron has been able to do over 20 years of his career – Time and Father Time is still to some degree undefeated. And any of us that have battled any sort of foot injury, even if it is at a minimum a um, a plantar fasciitis fit, that's something that you just cannot play on. And several weeks, there's only several weeks left in the season. So she feels like it's the nightmare scenario, Joe. You heard Jay Will say that he didn't feel like the Lakers were a contender, frankly, either way, even with a healthy LeBron here down the stretch. You have a very glass-half-full sort of approach to this situation than most people. In terms of getting in, and I want to be very clear about that, in terms of getting in, yes, I don't see them as a major threat to make a deep run. Even though the West is filled with flawed teams, I don't think they're going to be able to put it together, they being the Lakers, for long enough at a high enough level to make a deep run because this is the problem they've dealt with every year. Someone's always getting hurt. If it's not James, it's Davis. If it's not Davis, it's James. Or it's both of them. This year, we're going to learn a lot about Anthony Davis the next few weeks because there's two ways this can go. One, you can struggle a little bit, and then you guys can throw in the towel like you have the last couple seasons and just completely quit on the year. Or we can see if you've got some fortitude, and you can find a way to muscle past the Oklahoma cities of the world and the Houstons of the world. And God forbid when Golden State without Steph Curry comes to town, maybe you can beat them. There is an opportunity to get in. In terms of making a deep run, I don't see that happening. I agree with everybody. They just aren't good enough, and they have such a small margin for error because of the injuries they sustain to their two-star players every single year.
I feel like we already know about Anthony Davis. I mean, how much longer are we going to say that we're going to learn about Anthony Davis? We already know about Anthony Davis. That man has been playing in the league for years. The sample size is not small right now. The Lakers and Grizzlies are tied at 35 in the second quarter. Anthony Davis has five points and seven boards so far in that game. We'll keep you updated on that. Plus, coming up next, is Mac Jones the answer at quarterback for the New England Patriots? Gosh, I cannot remember the last time that we talked about the New England Patriots. Joe and Amber is on ESPN Radio. Also, you can check us out on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Mac Jones, the answer for the New England Patriots. One of his teammates certainly thinks so. Do we think so here on Joe and Amber? You can find him on social at Joe Fort Bell. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. Before we get into a New England Patriots conversation, let's try to earn you some more money, honey. Let's get to it. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. All right, we're going to the association later tonight. It's the Clippers and the Timberwolves going over 233 points. I don't know how much longer we're going to get these good prices on Clippers totals before everyone catches up, but hear me out. They are a completely different team since acquiring Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook teams have two things in common. Number one, they play at a breakneck speed in terms of pace. And number two, they play horrible defense. Listen to what's happened in just two, two games. Two games since Westbrook landed with the Clippers. The Clippers were 24th in the NBA in pace. They love to play slow. The two games since, they're now 5th in the NBA in pace. Their defensive rating went from 11th in the NBA without Russell Westbrook to 29th. The two games they have played so far with him have been incredibly bonkers from a scoring perspective. And Minnesota's happy to oblige. They're fifth in pace, and they got a lousy defense as well. So we're going to make sweet, sweet money-making music once again with this one. Clippers, Timberwolves over 233 total points. I mentioned there the future of Mac Jones with the New England Patriots. Joe, I feel like we haven't talked about the Patriots in forever. Like, are the Patriots becoming (laughs) kind of irrelevant because they're just a very mediocre team? 
they're not interesting. I, I don't know if, if, really if it's irrelevant, but they're not interesting. They're not interesting at all. What do they do well? Uh, Offensively, they're just kind of toiling away. Defensively, they play strong, but their games aren't exciting. Their offense isn't exciting. What was it? That that Monday night game when the Bears went in there, the Bears, who have the number one pick in the entire draft, went in there and smacked them. People know that they're just not the Patriots anymore. If you got beat up by the Patriots for years, you're happy to see it for a little bit, and then you're moving on. But they're a completely different team. The, The problem with them is, quite frankly, they're boring. They're a boring watch these days. They're boring. They're very boring, frankly. Like, they're not so bad, but they're are also not good by any stretch. They're just very middle of the road at best, and there's not much to it. I mean, the most interesting storyline last season was the dysfunction coming out of training camp and the fact that they didn't have an OC, and a much was made about that. That obviously did not go well for that Patriots team. You know, we Weird. talked a lot Weird about Matt Patricia, a lot about, right, a lot about Matt Patricia, a lot about Joe Judge. We really weren't talking much about the play though, or really interesting angles in terms of players or anything. And then we go into this season. I mean, when they hired Bill O'Brien, it was like, all right, I mean, fine. He's OC. Now we'll see what he can get out of Mac. Still not particularly interesting to me as a team. I think there was a hangover there for a couple years after Brady, where this was, there was this idea. Are they going to be able to bounce back? What's Bill going to look like without Brady? And now that storyline has run dry and they're just a very run of the mill kind of team. So the question becomes, is Mac Jones the answer? Cause we are talking about a quarterback that was in a pro bowl, his rookie season, Joe, albeit uh, kind of a, Fufu Pro Bowl, but I, yeah, I don't count that anymore, and that's not to knock Jones, but I mean, I d- didn't. Who's yeah, it was injuries. Back, who's the backup to Lamar Jackson? I'm, I'm blanking on it. Yeah, uh, Tyler Huntley. Tyler Tyler Huntley went to the Pro Bowl this year. Tyler right. Huntley went to the Pro Bowl this year, so the Pro Bowl has absolutely no luster, no meaning, no significance at all. Forget the fact that they don't even play the game anymore. That's fine if you don't want to risk the injuries. Tyler Huntley is not a Pro Bowl quarterback. He's there because no one else wanted to go. And that's not to knock Huntley. I like what he did for the Ravens, but it's not a Pro Bowl season. He only played half the season. He wasn't even that good during it. I mean, (laughs) with Mac Jones, he's been there two years. What are you going to do, right? You had Josh McDaniels for year one. Year two, you gave him a defensive coordinator for some really bizarre reason as your offensive coordinator. Shocker that that one didn't pan out. He doesn't have a lot of weapons around him at wide receiver. I think there's something there that you should still consider exploring, considering he was a first-round pick. He hasn't been terrible, but this is a season where he's going to be one of those guys on everybody's list in August when we're all coming up with content, top fives, top tens, which players are feeling the most heat, which players need to step up and prove it, which third-year players are going to fall on their face, like Mac Jones is going to be on every one of those lists. Because by year three, there's no more excuses. You're either going to make the team better or you're not. So next year... In that division, I mean, it's, it's if Rodgers lands with the Jets, are the Patriots the worst team in the division? Yes. Whew. Yes. If and if if Rodgers doesn't land with the Jets, are the Patriots the worst team in the division? I think I would still possibly argue yes. Oh my! Because God. we saw what that record looked like with Zach Wilson. Frankly, you're going to tick off a lot of people in the Northeast with that comment. It's the true. The fact that you're going to put the Jets ahead of them Come without Rodgers. Amber W Sports. It's true, though. I mean, the reality <laughs> is, 
even Zach Wilson was winning games for that team with the New York Jets, even though nobody seems to believe in my son, Zach Wilson. Yeah, and so no. because of that, uh, I would say the Patriots, yes, are the worst team in that division. They will be the worst team in that division. The Jets have the offensive and defensive rookie of the year. The Jets are a very young team around that quarterback position and developing. Even if they don't hit right now on the quarterback position, I still think you could make that argument and forget about it with Buffalo. And you know what I'm going to say about my Miami Dolphins. So, yes, I would think I would put the Patriots last as we head into this next season. For Mac Jones, in his Pro Bowl season, uh, his rookie season when he was a Pro Bowl alternate, he had uh, 17 regular season starts that season, 352 for 521, over 3,800 yards, 22 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. The Pats lost in a wild card round in the playoffs that year's they got killed by the Buffalo Bills that season. Then uh, Jones missed almost four full games this past season with that high ankle sprain. He was 288 for 442, uh, just under 3,000 yards, 14 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Certainly uh, his play tampered tempered off there in his second season but you just said the changes there at coordinator sure that could have something to do with it Devin McCourty the Patriots safety he was on good morning football on NFL network he said don't give up on his guy Mac that he didn't get a fair shake in year two it's just so much movement so much change it's only your second year but I think it speaks volumes he's a captain in that locker room and only a second year and really kind of was a captain the year before as a rookie leading those guys so I'm excited for Mac I think sky's the limit I think he's the future of New England any doubts I think you're wrong if you don't think that I think he's a future he's in that building right now doing different things uh working with guys talking to guys so again, Devin McCourty's out there defending his guy. McCourty right now is pondering a return in his 14th season in New England himself. We don't think a teammate Joe is going to come out, frankly, and say anything different when it comes to Mac Jones, though. No, right? and that's completely understandable. Completely understandable. But I, the one thing that's worth pointing out here, Brady covered up so much for New England. And it's not to say that Belichick only won because of Brady. I'm not doing that argument. What I am going to do is the Patriots swing and miss a lot. They swing and miss a lot in the draft. They swing and miss a lot in free agency. And for years, Brady covered that up. Like, go, go look at this roster. The leading receiver this year was Ramondre Stevenson. He's a running back. Right. Your leading receiver shouldn't be a running back. And I love Stevenson. I love the way he plays. I love the way he runs. He's a good back. That's a good piece on that offense. But he can't be your leading receiver. Jacoby Myers with 67 receptions. Remember when they went out and spent all that money on Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith, the free agent tight ends? Henry's always hurt. Jonu Smith caught 27 passes this year and didn't find the end zone once. Nelson Aguilar somehow still has a job. Mm -hmm. They brought in Devontae Parker from Miami. He caught 31 oh. passes this year. Like, they, they got nothing, man. They, they, swing, they drafted a guy in the first round this past year on the O-line. I don't know if he ended up playing well or not. But I remember Sean McVay and the Rams were, like, laughing. They were mm -hmm. laughing that the dude they took, they took him in the first round when you could have had him in the third or the fourth. So I don't know. I don't know if they get caught out thinking the room or what, but for years they've swung and missed on a lot of guys and it never mattered because of Brady. Now all this swinging and, and missing is coming to roost and it shows you offensively they can't get anything done. Like that offense is just a grind it, or it was a grind to watch last season.
Uh, yeah, it was atrocious to watch. I also made fun of the Patriots when they made that draft pick. And I said it's because they think that they're smarter than everybody else. And they were only smarter than everybody else when they had number 12 under center. And that's the reality of the situation. They have not shown us that they can be smarter than everybody else and outsmart everybody since that time, since Tom Brady's departure there from New England. We'll see. I don't think that they should give up on Mac Jones, but I don't know what the future holds. More Joe and Amber coming up next here on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mel Kuyper released his draft 2.0 today, Joe. And so I wanted to get into some of the more interesting components of what Mel did here. First of all, he has the Bears trading back. That's probably not surprising at this point. We're hearing reports that the Bears are looking to trade back. We would have thought that they were looking to trade back anyways. I know you and I think that they should move forward with Justin Fields. What's interesting here is he has the Bears moving back twice they end up taking Jalen Carter at fourth in this draft, the D tackle out of Georgia, but they trade back twice along the way. Mel Kuyper Jr. is ESPN's NFL draft expert. He was on Get Up discussing that scenario. If you can get Jalen Carter from Georgia, who I think is the best player in this draft, it's not a good draft, but he's the number one guy on the board right now. Injured in September, came back healthy, was wreaking havoc late. He was the dominant figure in 2021 on that talent-laden Georgia Bulldog defense. Jalen Carter was the guy. Uh, the Bears need him, that interior defensive tackle, defense line in general. Greeny, big need for the Chicago Bears. They had their franchise quarterback in Justin Fields, so no question you keep Fields. You don't trade Justin Fields. Justin Fields is your guy. You move down twice, you get extra draft picks. You benefit from teams willing to move up and desperate to move up to get that quarterback in this draft and yet four you're guaranteed either will anderson jr or jalen carter so moving down to four and having to move twice to do it is interesting the only way that really works is the way that mel proposed here in his mock 2.0 where he has first the bears trading with the houston texans so he has the texans moving up a spot i thought that was interesting i want to get into that then he has the bears trading with indianapolis so now they're moving back again so they move from one to two and then two to four and that's how they end up moving twice to get to that four spot i thought it was interesting they had that he has the texans up at number one the texans in this scenario take bryce young the quarterback out of alabama we're hearing a lot of whether it's going to be Bryce, whether it's going to be CJ, and what team ends up there in that number one spot. What do you think about the Texans being that aggressive in this well, draft? For starters, outside of Morgan Freeman, there's no one I enjoy listening to more than Mel Kuyper Jr. Nobody talks like him. I know. Nobody talks like him. He has a point he's trying to get to. He's at point A, and he's working towards point B. 
but he has so many off-ramps he takes to give you nuggets of information along the way. It's just fascinating. He's like, I think the Bears are going to move back. They could take Jalen Carter, 6'5", 245 pounds, runs a 4440. But if they trade back there, and then he's just right back on the highway. It's just I, fascinating. I find it fascinating how much information he has, how much information he's responsible for at any given time. And then what's wild, if you listen to his Saturday radio show here on ESPN Radio, who actually knows things about other sports. And I'm like, how? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was how? awesome. When do you have the time, Mel, to watch anything other than college football? It's pretty remarkable. Mark I've Hector, long maintained, and I'm not, I'm not claiming that this is Mel. I know Mel puts in the work, but I've long maintained that you could fake it as a draft analyst more than you could fake it doing anything else. If really? you throw a height, a weight, and a speed metric into a conversation about a human being, you sound so intelligent. Let me give you an example. Just pick a okay. human being. James Steele, our producer. Uh-huh. Oh, James Steele coming out of Western Pennsylvania, 6'5", 205 pounds, runs a 4'7", 40-yard dash. No matter what I say after that, I have already hooked you that I'm an expert. Cannon for an arm. Because I basically gave you the, the metrics that a nurse takes when you go see the doctor. You got the height, you got the weight, I threw in a speed metric, and now all of a sudden it's like, man, this guy really knows this guy typo negative loves to eat honey nut cheerios in the morning goes with two percent milk got (laughs) sick having the organic milk like you start throwing that stuff out there and it just sounds it's like man this guy's a wealth of information when in reality you're just giving a height and weight Oh, negative. We're going back down the blood conversation route again that we yeah, got into yesterday. Apologize. James that's is going to be gonna, running for the studio. Right Thank you. Which, I'm I mean, if you are it. O negative, by the way, go donate blood. James, I feel like he didn't get your stats right, though, before that. Yeah, the, the 205 is a little light. A, a lot <laughs> light. I was doing you a favor <laughs> I there. I figured I'd get I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate it. I just wanted to. <laughs> we're trying, uh, to, get you, we're trying to get your draft stock bumped up. All right, so let's talk about what he's, what he's saying with the Houston Texans trading up one pick to number one. There's a lot people don't understand about this. The Bears did this a few years ago with San Francisco. They moved from three to two to go up and take Mitchell Trubisky. And everyone lost their mind. They're going, why would you trade with San Francisco? They weren't going to take Mitchell Trubisky. You didn't need to trade with them. That's so stupid. John Lynch said he didn't want Mitchell Trubisky. It's not about what that team's going to take. It's about preventing someone else from leapfrogging in front of you to take the guy you want. What Chicago did, and it was boneheaded to take Trubisky over Mahomes and Watson. We understand that now. (laughs) But the idea, they went up one to prevent another team from getting in front of them. So that's what Mel has the Texans doing here. Going up one spot with the Bears so that someone can't, like Indianapolis at number four, jump in front of them to get a quarterback. What makes this so incomprehensibly stupid is the fact that all the Texans had to do was lose the last game of the season and they wouldn't be in this jam. But they went out and they won. They beat Jeff Saturday's Colts for no reason at all except for Lovey Smith to stick it to the Texans organization. And now they find themselves with the two pick. So everyone who's always telling you, no, 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 you play to win the game and I love Herm. Not in that situation because you gave away the number one pick. And now what? You're going to give up assets to go up one pick? It's just so colossally stupid when you had that pick all sewn up and you went out and won a game you didn't need to win. And Lovey was doing it by converting fourth downs and converting two-point conversions. Mm -hmm. Anyone that watches that game knows he was playing to win. It was insane. It was insane, although maybe not insane because you let it, exactly what you said. He just stuck it to the organization oh on his way God. out. Maybe he knew that that was going to be his fate. So Mel has the Houston Texans taking Bryce Young with the number one pick. He has the Indianapolis Colts trading up with the Bears as well. They slide into the number two spot. They draft in Mel's 2.0. C.J. Stroud, of course, the quarterback out of Ohio State. So he's got... 
Bryce and then CJ. We, I think, think both of those guys are going somewhere near the very top of the draft. I think the order, though, is up for debate. He's got the Cardinals still sitting at three, uh, taking an O-lineman. Jalen Carter, I mentioned, they're going to the Bears at four. Will Levis goes fifth in this draft to the Carolina Panthers, the quarterback out of Kentucky. Mel's very high on Will Levis. I think he's the favorite for Mel uh, in this upcoming draft. He he speaks glowingly of Will Levis. A lot of people did a year ago. But Joe, it seems like the conversation around Will Levis has tempered here over the last year with uh, some of the uh, adversity that he faced this past season. Yeah, there's college football fans who watch the game a little bit and they're all mad that Levis is getting all this hype because they don't understand it because he didn't look that great this past season. And they just like, why does everyone love Will Levis? Scouts love him. NFL personnel guys love him because they've seen him at his best. His best was two years ago. He lost two or three offensive linemen to the NFL draft from two years ago to last year. Like a a hit to the offensive line, that's going to hurt your production. In addition, two years ago, he had Liam Cohen as his offensive coordinator. Cohen was not his offensive coordinator last year. Cohen left to go back to Los Angeles under Sean McVay to take the offensive coordinator job that was vacated by Kevin O'Connell, who took the head coaching job in Minnesota. If you can follow along the Pepe Silvia-like chart I just put up on the wall right there. But the point is, Cohen is now back. He went back to Kentucky. Levis, with that O-line, and with Liam Cohen as his coordinator running a pro-style offense, he was outstanding. He was absolutely fantastic. And then there's plenty of reason to understand why his production dropped off. The talent around him wasn't as good. His offensive coordinator left. He also got dinged up and suffered a foot injury midway through the season. So ultimately, there are reasons why he fell off. But when you see the tape at its best, you gotta love it. Because if you're a smart football coach and you understand how to get the best out of people, you have to see that and say, I can duplicate this. I can get this out of Will Levis. And if I can do that, he's going to be a hell of a pro prospect. That's why Mel and a lot of teams like Will Levis. Speaking of getting the most out of a player, the next quarterback off the board here in Mel Kuyper's mock draft 2.0 is Anthony Richardson, the quarterback out of Florida. He goes ninth here to the Seattle Seahawks. I love this. They do a, a mock trade with Carolina to move into the ninth spot. I love this that Seahawks taking Richardson because I feel like he's a quarterback that fits the system also would have time to develop. They have Geno Smith. Geno obviously looked decent for them, looked great in the first half of the season there in Seattle. So you could move forward with Geno in place and actually take your time maybe to develop an Anthony Richardson. And maybe because of the way that that system is, and maybe we've also learned a little bit like Russell Wilson, even a little bit maybe of a system quarterback or more than we realize you feel like if it's the right system in place that maybe you could get the most out of a player who and Anthony Richardson needs a lot of developing. I am a Gators fan through and through. I know all Gators fans. I will tell you that the Anthony Richardson experience, I mean, a lot of Gators fans are down on him being a top 10 pick in this upcoming draft because we watched each and every moment. And what's happening here, Joe, is that a bunch of people are firing up YouTube and they're firing up TikTok. And in snippets, Anthony Richardson is absolutely electric. I mean, he is one of the best players I've ever seen. If you take 10 seconds, clips of him but when you actually watch an entire game film it doesn't quite look the same and that was the experience as a Gators fan throughout the season watching AR do his thing the talent is there I don't know if you're ever going to be able to develop it because it's very raw and you would need patience to do it I feel like Seattle would be a good fit to do that 
Yeah, if they bring back Geno Smith, then you can go ahead and ride with Anthony Richardson for a little bit. Pete Carroll's in his 70s. I wonder if he's got the the desire to take on a developmental project, but I could understand why if he would. I mean, the guy's full of life. He's as vibrant as they come for that age. One note here, Mel's got four quarterbacks in the top nine, as you just laid out. That's never happened in NFL history. Not someone to mock it. It's just never happened in real life. We've never I, seen four quarterbacks right. in the top nine. I have a hard time believing it's going to happen here. I, I have the a hard Richardson time. The Richardson one is I, just I believe he's going in the top fascinating. 10. He's I caught know. so much steam here this week because of what happened with the betting market. So then everyone started talking about it. This happens every year. There's one of these guys that everyone latches onto, and then the NFL just doesn't see it, and he falls to like the second or third round. I'm mm-hmm. not saying he's Geno Smith, but that was Geno Smith. Like right up before the draft, Geno could have been as high as the one or two pick and then what did he fall to like he didn't even get drafted on day one right the nfl saw it completely differently i think that was the ej manual year if i'm not mistaken when well, and, won like 15. the NFL seemed to know a little something about Geno Smith in that yeah. in that evaluation. But you're absolutely right, Anthony Richardson. And again, I think I think you're right. I think it's what happened with the betting world. I also think it's like the tech, TikTok generation in the world we live in. In snippets, he's the greatest player you've ever seen. <laughs> But it's only I mean, he can run. I mean, it's run. amazing. What I the, some of the plays, some of the things that I saw him do to evade pressure, it is unbelievable what he can do, particularly with his legs. But again, it ain't there for an entire season, and it's not quite NFL ready, and not at this point. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, your turn to weigh in next. Give us your hottest takes. Do you want to comment on Mel's 2.0 on Anthony Richardson? Anything else that we just discussed? Anything you got? Throw it at us. Triple eight, say ESPN, 888-729-3776. We open the phone lines to you next. This is ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Triple eight, say ESPN. That's the number. The phone lines are open for you to chime in. 888-729-3776. Amber Wilson, Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find him on Twitter at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. Before we get to your phone calls, let's try to earn you a little bit more money. One last pizza money. Let's go. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. All right, this is an auto play for me. Portland is at Golden State tonight. Damian Lillard's player prop is 37.5 points for scoring. 37.5. Now, why is it so high, you might ask? Because Lillard dropped 71 last night. And whenever this happens, a guy goes on a scoring tear, he has one monster game. The next night, the books juices prop, giving you value on the under. Now, it's dangerous to play the under, but think of it like this. Lillard is averaging 32 points per game this season, which is absolutely incredible. So the sports book puts his prop at five points above his season average. You are paying a serious tax if you like the over here. I'm going under 37 and a half. One caveat, be careful. Lillard is from Oakland, and he always tries to put on a show when he goes home to play the Golden State Warriors. So I wouldn't max bet anything like this. Be responsible. Joe and Amber always advocate responsible gaming. But Pizza Money 4 tonight, Damian Lillard under 37 and a half points. 13 black odds, no winner. Spin the wheel, make a deal. It's a game of chance. Let's play. Call a roulette with Joe and Amber. Triple eight, say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Let's spin the wheel. Andy, Andy is in Dallas. Andy, thanks for the phone call tonight. What do you have for us? 
Yeah, hey, despite the location, this isn't about the Cowboys. <laughs> I, That's uh, refreshing. I think you guys are giving too much to Matt Jones, and, and here's why I say that. The, the poor kid had a great rookie year with a, an offensive coordinator that was actually an offensive coordinator, and then they flip his whole world upside down. Uh, uh, we're losing, no we're losing you. Office. Your service isn't so good I'm gonna uh, there tell you in exactly Dallas. what just happened there. I'm going to tell you exactly what happened. He's from Dallas. He called mm-hmm. in. He made it clear he wasn't going to talk about the Cowboys. Jerry Jones, Monopoly mm-hmm. on the phone lines. As soon as the algorithm picks up that commentary, it shuts the phone call down. Mm-hmm. you got to be very careful when you're playing in Jerry's sandbox. That's uh, uh, 100% what happened there, but I do appreciate the effort. He called to talk about the Patriots. We were talking about Mac Jones a little bit earlier in the show. If you miss anything here on Joe and Amber, you can always check out the podcast on the ESPN app. His point was that he that we were not giving Mac Jones enough credit because he had a very good rookie season. He ends up as a Pro Bowl alternate, and then his second season, not nearly as good, but also so the change in coordinator, he had a defensive guy essentially trying to call plays for him. I get it. I get that there was adversity. Joe, you mentioned the lack of weapons around Mac Jones, Jones as well when we were discussing him. I'm not saying that they should move on from Mac Jones. I'm not convinced he's the future. I'm not convinced of that off of that one Pro Bowl and air quotes season, but at the same time, I wouldn't move on from him. I'm the Patriots yet. I mean, he, he showed enough and I just don't think it's a very good or interesting team frankly around him so unless you're moving on to like Aaron Rodgers I'm not suggesting that Mac Jones certainly is not it but I'm also not convinced he is it it's one of those holding patterns for me with Mac Jones he's entering year three as a first round pick he's shown you some upside you put a lousy offensive coordinator with him last season and you didn't surround him with any weapons what did you expect was going to happen go out there and get him some legitimate wide receivers get him a legitimate play caller not a guy who coached defense an actual guy who coached offense and then let's see what happens and if he still doesn't play well then you have your answer. You move on. If he does play well, you realize that the common denominator in the scenario was what you were doing, not him. So go ahead and give him an opportunity to succeed. Yeah, and and he'll have O'Brien at the helm. We'll see if that helps. Hopefully he'll stay healthy this season. He missed, what, four games last season with a high ankle sprain. So that certainly also tempered his season this past season. Joe and Amber's presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Let's spin the wheel. James. James is in Virginia. James, thanks for the phone call. What do you have? Hey, good evening. Well, I called it a hot take a couple of weeks ago when I um, was telling everybody that I think it's already a done deal that Aaron Rodgers is going to end up in um, a Raiders uniform. They've got everything he's been wanting. They've got the running game. They've got Devontae, you know, Devontae's got young receivers. They got Waller. I think everything's lined up, and they knew that in uh, Las Vegas when they got rid of Derek Carr that there was a good chance of that. And the second real quick thing, because I know there's a lot of people waiting, is I think uh, Carson Wentz is going to be a wild card with everything going on quarterback-wise. You may even see him in a Patriots uniform to – you know, kind of go in there and put some pressure on Mac. But uh, thanks for letting me take a minute. But, um, yeah, I think it's a done deal that he's going to Las Vegas and all the stars have aligned there to make it perfect fit for him. And yeah. uh, thanks for letting me. Uh, the, yeah, uh, thanks so much for the phone call. I, I definitely think that Carson Wentz is going to get an opportunity. He's just going to get an opportunity as a backup. I don't hate the idea of him getting an opportunity somewhere where there's a starter in front to put 
pressure on that starter, Joe, but you made a good point that that might not be the best case scenario for a Carson Wentz when you're finding yourself in another pressure situation. Wentz just needs to understand the reality of the situation. He's heading for his fourth team in four years. He's not good. He turns the ball over too often, and he's not a great leader in the locker room. He's not well-liked. He's not well-respected. If he was, he'd have someone stand up for him at some point. Like, at some point, someone would stand up and be like, I love playing with Carson Wentz. It never happens. Jim Irsay couldn't have thrown him under the bus faster to get him out of Indianapolis. Washington couldn't have moved on quicker. Like these are teams that need quarterbacks and they can't move on from this guy fast enough. He needs to understand the reality of the situation, take on a role with a good offensive coach and a good team, get some small opportunity, play hard, work hard, and then maybe he can build it back up. But right now he's headed for career backup. In terms of Aaron Rodgers, I didn't believe that he was going to be in anything other than a Green Bay uniform. But man, those comments today from the GM were interesting. This has been the Joe and Amber podcast. You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, or on your smart speaker. Joe and Amber, the podcast.